What is up, Lake Forest? We are back. This is episode 32 of the Ask LFC podcast. Uh, my name is Harrison Gilming. If we have not met, I am the worship arts director here at Lake Forest Church in Huntersville. Sitting down today with Mike Moses, a founding pastor of the Lake Forest family of churches and lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Good to see you, Harrison. We took a week or two off of the podcast pre-Thanksgiving. Uh, it's good to be back. It is very good to be back, and it is it is always just such a comfort. That, you know, there was like four or five weeks there at the beginning of the podcast when the pandemic first started, when our groovy intro jam music did, just didn't feel appropriate. We had to get all somber for a minute, but I'm glad in a time where a lot of things are changing, we are back to normal with our our just it just gets me going every time we hit the record button. You get a little a little hop in your step there for a second. I'm getting that from the Christmas decorations in my neighborhood, the ones that are here in our lobby. Defined Coffee is full of people connecting uh, the two meeting rooms. There's I don't know what those groups are, but uh, I don't know those people. Um, <laughs> business or community organization, folks connecting. The the Christmas decorations look fantastic. Our gift trees. When I see another neighbor put up their decorations, which we're doing this weekend, we're, we're not scrooging, but we're just late, um, I feel a little bit of, hey, we're moving forward with a season of lights, a season of hope, even in the pandemic. And today's topic is actually pandemic-themed. That's right. We wanted to spend a little time, um, we'll, we'll say it this way, we here at Lake Forest like everyone that we know, no matter what you do, no matter what your profession is. Uh, we've all had to change a lot over the past um, eight or nine months. So we, we just wanted to, to look a little bit at some of the things that we have done to adapt and change here and even one more zoom out. What are, what are some of the principles and thinking that have gone behind some of that that have been helpful to us to say, you know, what, what things do we need to hold on to and what things do we need to just uh, let go or hit a complete reset button on and say the way that we were doing it before, that's not the best way to do it anymore. I bet you're asking this question in your work for sure, in your education of your children, uh, in your spiritual growth, discipleship, and in your relationship, in your in your recreation, if travel's your thing or whatever else is your thing. Um, the same questions. And in one of our um, planning meetings for the new year, Somebody, I think it was you, Harrison, but you're not sure you remember it. <laughs> Someone, uh, this has been a month or so ago. Someone said, hey, here's, th- this actually helps creativity. When you name your limitations, and you just go, okay, that's, that's just the limitation. And boy, do we have that this year for the last almost nine months now. It'll be a number of months f- at a minimum moving ahead. Just name your limitations. Okay, we can't do that the way we did it. Okay, now within that, what new options does that open up within those limitations? Creative artists that I've been around. In fact, uh, I had dinner with Angie and my son Austin last night. Angie is a visual artist and a, a, a creative writer. Austin is a videographer of some creative skill. And they were talking about the fact that it, it, if they go into a project and it's just there's no parameters, no limitations, hey, man, just do something creative or good, that, that's really hard. And Angie in particular said, if you give me limitations um, and say in this direction or on this theme or this big idea, 
Now I can begin to create and dream. I think this applies to our spiritual growth, to our relationship health, to our physical health, which Harrison, last week's sermon was helpful for me. I'm in the middle of a little bit of self-evaluation, if not even repentance over how I've allowed my body to get during this time. Uh, regarding our work, what's possible with the team that we lead or that we're on, um, to say, okay, here's the limitations. Let's just be done with those. Let's not rail against them. Let's not be a turtly turtle and go into a shell and be like, well, I'll come out when it's over. We, we all understand that, that that gets to a really poor result and, and is not God's will for us. Um, but within the limitations now, how can we construct uh, edify would be the New Testament word. So we want to talk about some examples of that, and um, we're going to ask for some suggestions at one or two points, uh, but want you to be thinking through whatever areas of your own life. For me right now, it's health, and then it's also constructing worship and preaching. Those are the two main areas in which I'm trying to receive limitations and then think, okay, now, how can I get creative and get to where God's calling me to go? We're going to talk about a few areas the first one might be one that I happen to be more familiar with than anybody right now, your average bear. Mm-hmm. I've been on the inside track with a actually a big number of weddings and funerals since the shutdown. Yeah, that's right. We we One of the gifts uh, that we get as being a part of a church staff is that we get to walk through people through all of the milestone moments of life and family, whether it's the highs or whether it's the difficult spots of, you know, celebrating somebody's life. And, uh, normally when those things happen, what makes them special? The number one thing that makes them special is getting a whole bunch of people together and giving hugs and everybody who loved that person or who wants to celebrate the wedding because they love them or wants to celebrate the life because they love them. Whether it's a big crowd or a small crowd depends on the person. That's like the whole jam. You and I have to just be okay. And people are like, oh, that was great. Well, it was great because they're all in on the person they love. So we so, just have to not mess it up usually. Yeah. So what have you learned? What have you learned over the past eight or nine months about how to how to take something that the main special sauce is togetherness community hugging and being as close and near each other and just feeling that that personal presence of people how could how have you found ways to take those kind of moments and still make them feel important the the worst wedding slash funeral and i won't specify during this nine-month period was the one in which, and it was a good enough way as into the pandemic, it was the one in which the, the, the people involved, the principals, um, really even all the way, not, not just the planning, but all the way through the ceremony, were focused nev- negatively on what they couldn't do that mm. they had hoped to do. And I understood that. And of every wedding or funeral, I've gone through with the couple or the family grieving a little bit. Oh, you know, the... All the cousins from uh, Booger Lick, Mississippi can't drive in, and we all have our normal family jam for the thing. Um, and everybody goes through a moment or two of grieving that. But but the family that – there was one family that didn't move past that, Harrison, and I, I don't know them well enough to be able to say why. But it meant that the whole thing was subdued 
And even afterward, their comments were about what couldn't happen rather than what did. Um, on the other hand, I mean, because of the image of God in us, the human capacity to take what we have, you know, some cave woman back in the day, well, I got two rocks and smack them together and see a spark and then come up with fire. Um, that human capacity, the image of God within us to take it somewhere farther with what we have, even if it's two rocks. Um, every other couple or family has done a... Now, every one of these families have been believers in Christ. Uh, they are just like... They accepted the limitation, and then they dreamed forward. Okay, but what would make this great? And my favorite ones are the ones who did something that wouldn't have been a part of the wedding or the funeral otherwise. And so they were able to go, oh, but we can do this. And and so that's been the, yeah. I, I thought it was neat. There was a, there was a funeral um, that you and I were just a part of, of, of one of our ministry partners here at Lake Forest. And I thought it was, I thought it was really neat in, in, in the service for the memory of her life. There were just these, these chunks where rather than, uh, which these are great too. Funerals are all different. A lot of times you'll have a, a microphone on the stage and 10, 15 friends and family will walk up and they'll speak. What was neat was that this one, uh, there was similar thought share, but it was folks sitting in their home or in their office or in front of their Christmas tree. And it was just like an extra little personal touch. The family thought ahead and said, hey, if you're not going to be able to be here, but you'd love to say a couple of minutes about our loved one, um, just send us a quick video of yourself in your home. And so I think the total was eight or ten. Yeah. And they were short. They were brief. We got this great. We would have never done that if this saint. This was we held it in our uh, worship center, and this person is a well loved person. Has mentored so many people. People would have been hanging out of the rafters, filled up this building. We would have had overflow in non pandemic, and so there's no way we would have had eight to ten more people tell stories. But because they were brief and because it made it special, like they could really take time in their own home and be thoughtful about the one who passed, then we still had time for the, the live stories mm-hmm. of a couple of family members, which just were the cherry on top. It was really nice. I, I mean, I, I, as I'm hearing you talk, Mike, I, it sounds like, it sounds like a, a major kind of starting thought on all of this, which is applicable in a lot of areas, but man, it's really ramped up over this past stretch is that one of the, one of the biggest kind of survival move forward things that we have to learn and get better at is just our adaptability and being able to look at what's happening and not hold too tightly. A lot of, a lot of times, and it's a different people are a different way, but a lot of times we, we really can make an idol out of our routine or our expectations, what we thought was going to happen. And when that blows up, it's like, I can't even imagine kids, kids who uh, were supposed to start kindergarten at school. They don't get to start kindergarten. That stinks. Kids who it's their senior year in high school or freshman year in college. Like these are, these are tough things. Yeah, they are. And I was with a, uh, walking the trails with my grand dog uh, two days ago and ran into some dear friends in our neighborhood. And the, the college freshman daughter was home for Thanksgiving. He's going to be here uh, for the foreseeable future. Her buoyant attitude about 
the second half of her senior year in high school and the first half of her freshman year at NC State, I was just super impressed with her adaptability, to use your phrase. And Harrison, I think this clicks into something larger that can be uh, can become a life posture. It's not an original insight to me that we uh, civil uh, the entire world is, uh, has begun to experience an increasing pace of change culturally, technologically, in every way since the Industrial Revolution. And that pace of change has not yet slowed down. It continues to double every however many period of time. Mm-hmm. And so adaptability would be something that would serve all of us well. And if we're followers of Jesus, who the Scripture says, we, uh, those were the wisest who knew what the times that they were in demanded of them to walk with God um, and live his plan. And so I think even of Harrison, the sentimentality that we can attach to the way culture was when when we grew up Hmm. or a a specific time period. Dude, the 50s were awesome. Can we just go back? Um, As opposed to adapting to this is the culture that we're in. How would God have me be today? Um, Yeah, and an example of that, of this uh, one, two different choices that uh, two different – Funerals made. One, um, back in the spring, this was a COVID-19 victim, and the family decided to have no one in person. And so we were graveside. Uh, Actually, it wasn't spring. It was summer because I was sweating (laughs) through my tie and my suit, even under a tent at the graveside. Uh, And it was just me, two immediate family, and one person having a laptop and filming. And what was super cool, instead of having, let's just have a a chosen few who can be in person, everybody was on Zoom, whether they lived here in Charlotte or around the country. And so what was super cool, what we, we sort of named it ahead, but then experienced it in full. This was the most, there would have been a lot of people if it had been in person, and there were a lot of people on Zoom to the immediate family of the loved one, and to me as pastor, I've witnessed a lot of funerals. It was the most personalized funeral service I've ever been a part of. Hmm. What we missed out in, in the family being with a crowd here and everybody could hug them and then go eat food and hug some more, we gained back, the family did, because they could see every face on Zoom. Hmm. Every face. And we stopped, and at the storytelling moment, I just said, hey, we're just all here talking personally. This is, you know, it's no formal thing. Who has something to say? And it was like popcorn around Harrison, and they would each, and, and here's what was interesting. When people are asked to speak at a funeral, like the three people, I'm, I tell the family to make them send me something written because I've been the pastor standing there when somebody goes off for 20 minutes or they really go janky and the whole funeral is just like off course so i require them to write but this one everybody knew i should just share for about 30 seconds it was gore i'm telling you it's 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 maybe my favorite example in weddings and funerals of something that wouldn't have happened otherwise and it it was this special sauce they'll always remember of the personal sense of every attendee and their face that's maybe that's my shining example of this principle we're talking about when it comes to weddings and funerals. Hmm. I'm curious as you've walked, as you've walked with people through that, or even just in general, because like, like I was saying, I, I think 
all that's happening right now is is like a it's an amplification of stuff that was already happening if you were a person that is not not very flexible normally yes you know it's just ramping that up to to level 10 so as you've worked with people what are some steps that people can take other than you just saying, well, be more flexible. They're like, that's super helpful. Great. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> here's one. Here's one. I'm now I'm thinking back to a, a funeral a, f- a couple of months ago. Um, they made the decision instead of having nobody present, they had a, a circle of about eight or nine family who wanted to be together present here in our barn door room. And that's where we hosted zoom for everyone else. And the zoom was just like I described in that other funeral. This is a different one. Uh, it still felt very personal for everyone. And, and we allowed people to speak like in a normal funeral. I do not recommend, and I do not allow random people who didn't plan on speaking to come up to the stage, mm-hmm. but it's very appropriate. It's worse. So in that case, but here's, here's an answer to your question. They were, Wondering whether just like the two loved ones who live here in Charlotte would host the Zoom with me from Lake Forest and everybody else be on Zoom. And what they really did well, Harrison, is the other four or five family members, uh, the farthest of whom lives in Miami, were able to name, no, 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 I've got to be there. Hmm. This is, a you know, immediate family member, a parent. I have to be there. I I, as the son of the deceased, I don't want to be on Zoom. I thought that was super healthy to name that. That's an essential for me in grieving, for example. And so he schlepped himself on up here from Miami Mm. and was here, and it was a shot in the arm to the immediate family who were here. They took all the precautions, et cetera. Then they went and had just a family meal, you know, outdoors, et cetera. But it it meant the world to all of them, and I could tell to him. What he shared was beautiful, hmm. and he could have done that on Zoom. But but personal presence, de- so, so I would just say in that, and I've seen this with a couple of brides and grooms, naming the thing, no, 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 no. we're not giving that up. Hmm. It, unless it's just impossible. And so I, I don't know what that is when it comes to our spiritual life or our health or our work life with our team, but there are some things you, you shouldn't give up. We did that this summer. We said, well, we can't do our elder retreat and go overnight somewhere cool in the mountains and, you know, smoke cigars and hang out at night. But we're like, but we need an elder retreat. We need to remain unified. Mm-hmm. We need to learn. We brought in to young ministers from around the country by Zoom, and and we did a session on millennials and iGens and uh, and how to speak the gospel to their generation. So we move forward, and yeah, is that? Oh yeah, no, that's answer, a helpful answer. I, I think it is, and I think I think a little bit of buried in what you said. Also, I think that's super important and a healthy thing for us is to is to is to name is to name what what we're feeling and kind of be be honest with saying no that like this is what's bugging me and this is what stinks about it and then I feel like uh you know some of us are wired in a way that when you're just surviving and you're moving to the next thing you don't even you don't take the time to kind of assess how you're feeling where you're at with things and I think once you once you do that and you kind of raise your hand and say no no this is not okay with me yet so far as long as you're willing to take that next step of figuring out like okay well how do we 
move forward from here and how do we find a place to 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 get to the kind of essential bottom part of this and we may have to find a road around a different way to get there you may have to drive from miami to charlotte to make it happen but if it's worthwhile you have to do it and the most recent family made a different decision the the most recent funeral you referred to Mm -hmm. they said there are so many people within the charlotte region who love this person we want to give at least a hundred people the chance to be here in person um and so then the online that that meant we were doing it in our worship center and so that was a real gift to the family to see that up to 100 people driving from this region and being that meant a lot to them now what they gave up was they didn't have that zoom funeral experience where they could see everybody else's faces everyone else was on live stream and they could not interact but they participate and they knew all those people were so those are you just decide which is more important to you and then you just go for that you just have to go for that. Harrison, let's turn away from funerals and weddings, which is my little, little unique niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, one wedding actually postponed that was going to be this month. They just, Even though it was already small with wave two of the pandemic, they just, they're like, it'd be the worst thing in the world if the lasting memory of our wedding was that uh, mm-hmm. the few loved ones got ill with COVID-19 before a vaccine comes. Mm. So I respected that. Um, Harrison, in worship planning. Yep. So you're you're on the every seven day. Uh, everybody else is supposed to be on every seven day. Hey, take a Sabbath. You're on the every seven day. Do this big honking thing right. and design and lead and orchestrate a whole lot of people and teams for the the the, the worship of the people of God. What's an ex- what what's an example for you of experiencing? Okay, we just have to name this is a limitation. Mm-hmm. Oh, but now this opens up. Yeah, there's a there's a real big one for us that 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 has been uh there's been lost there's been lost to it. That's been such a bummer. And it's so so to rewind, we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, but it's so wild to think when we first shut down having services in person and we did our first service on live stream and Facebook, we were like, well, we'll do this for a couple weeks. This will everything will be back to normal by Easter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. We're able to at least be back in person together now. But we realized, you know, by about July, August, looking down the road, there there are really two two big events here that we do every year as a as a worship planning team that really define uh, the year for us, and that is what we do together as a church on Easter, mm-hmm. and what we do as a church together on Christmas Eve, which historically are the grand feasts of the Christian church for 2,000 years. So there's something not just cultural in that, but historic. That's right. And it allows us uh, just in terms of how we approach uh, our faith and our, our journey and our relationship with Christ. Sure. Those, the those incarnation days, and yeah. the resurrection are the, the anchors. That's right. They're the north and south pole of our faith. Yeah, they're, the, they're really the, the, book, the, the bookends of the on-earth ministry of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so those are days that we get so just, just so excited to be together and to celebrate. And, and Easter was different because it was, everything was so new that we didn't even have time to kind of no. grieve losing a normal Easter. Cause no. we're just like, all right, we got to do something. We, this, this, this looking ahead toward Christmas Eve has kind of been a slow simmer of us looking at it and being like, well, 
stink. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. what are we going to do? Because the, the joy for us in a lot of ways on what we do together for Christmas Eve is very similar to what happens for someone getting together for a wedding or, or celebrating someone's life. It's, man, we get, we get so many people together in the room. You can hear the voices. We turn the lights off and we hold up our glow sticks and there's yeah. just this sea of... And at Christmas Eve in particular, it's not just like forest people. That's the, the one time of the year when the, the highest percentage of our people bring a friend who may have given up on church but not on God. So yeah. we feel that too. We've, we're feeling all that stuff and we've been feeling it for a while. So, you know, the big thing for us is we, we, uh, we looked at our limitations and we kind of had to approach this from every angle. You mean for we, this Christmas For Eve? this Christmas Eve service. We go, okay, well, what are we going to do? All right, we know meeting as normal is off the table. So yeah. we, we grieved it. We're probably not going to move past the 3,000 people last year. No. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen unless, and honestly, we thought about this. and We go, well, okay, let's get to the drawing board here. We can fit 180 people, maybe 200 in this room safe, safely. Okay. Do we do 10? 15. <laughs> 15 Christmas Eve services. Do we stretch them out over four days and we do... You know, we do four or five a day and we clean the room for an hour in between. We're like, that doesn't sound safe, practical, good. Nah, not, not, I don't know how we feel about that. And by the way, um, unique to a number of churches that are in our type of space, um, we, don't, we don't pay professional musicians to do our worship services, including those special holy days. They're ministry partners of mm-hmm. ours. Um, and so we staff I mean, if it were safe, I wouldn't feel safe being here for 15 services with people coming in and out. But even if it were safe, that that is not right with our ministry partners who are serving. Yep. So we were like, okay, well, that doesn't feel like a good option. And we... we uh, uh, so we crossed that one off. We crossed that one off. And and uh, if it was me that mentioned the thing that you said earlier, I will take, I'll take credit you. for it. Uh, where, I, where I got... Inspiration for that idea was a TED talk I saw of an artist who did hand hand drawn uh, paintings and artwork who developed a condition where his hands developed nonstop tremors. Okay. So when he would try to put the pen to the to the canvas or the or, or the brush, the his hand would just move all over oh, and wow. squiggle, and and he was not able to create the art that he wanted to to create. Uh, so this guy, this artist took a step back and said, well, now what can I do? Um, and he, he innovated like 10 different ways of using, uh, different things to create art. Like he, this may not have even been one of the things, but something like this, where he'd like stand on a ladder with a, a water balloon filled with paint and drop it on a canvas, drop 30 of them. And that, that's his piece. Like, what can I do to make art that doesn't require me holding a brush steadily in my hand? And yet still going, but I'm a creative person. God gave me creative vision. Now it'll have to come out a different way. Is that the... That's the idea. idea. The, his big idea was turning turning a limitation into an avenue for new creativity. So, okay. so uh, how do we do that for this Christmas Eve? We, uh, we decided to take it... Through, through weeping and gnashing <laughs> of teeth. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we, we decided to take a, a pretty big leap of faith for a couple of reasons because of the differentness of it that we have never done this. We probably probably wouldn't do it again. If things are normal, we'll just meeting here and have a whole bunch of people. But we decided, uh, 
we decided after listening to folks and trusting our wisdom together as a team and said, you know, the one way that we know that people feel the safest right now is if, if we're going to do anything where we gather together in person, uh, it's being outside rather than inside, being in an outside space rather than an enclosed space. And we said, well, let's, what would happen if we did a Christmas Eve service? We did it totally different and we did it outside on our lawn in front of our big light up Christmas tree. And at first, yeah, we're, you know, that no sounded, screens, yeah, not if, high produced the way we often do. We're mm-hmm. at a high moment, a low moment. It's all dark and then it's all light. Yep. And then a character comes out and we laugh our butts off. And then we talk about sweet baby Jesus and the gospel. That's right. And we had, <laughs> and, we, and we looked and said, well, we, we can't do a lot of those things if we do it that way. But uh, it was another thing that was really helpful. We had a, a meeting with our Huntersville staff team and we we're talking through Christmas Eve. And one of our staff uh, said, well, I think if we're going to do it different rather than saying, OK, well, normally it's blue and we're going to make it a slightly different shade of blue. Pick a whole different color this year. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> there's no need to make it like a less good blue. So we're yeah. like, you know, that that kind of gave us. As that we was kind of a here, moment. It was and, kind and of a freeing This is why thought. you bring things to a team, or if you're an individual, you, you talk over things with people you trust. Often there's a spark that happens when you're talking that out. Because we were kind of hung up a little bit on like, man, how are we going to recreate yes. all the cool stuff we do inside, yeah. either on either on on video or outside and, and, and we kind of had to re- we had to let and all we that really go. didn't want to go with video only that was the other main option mm-hmm. just capitulate in a good way and go this is our option let's just do that as well as possible we did not want that to be the only option yeah we we felt um there is a there is a voiced need from the people in our church a lot of whom are telling us if if we do something and it's outdoors and it's spaced, and we we just bought and kids a, can be themselves and kids can be themselves. We just bought a bunch of little uh, the little cones you use at a soccer camp to put out on the lawn so that we can yeah. space out uh, we're appropriately. Gonna take, and we're going to take leadership on on spacing. Yeah, so, you don't so have to worry about that. So you know we're doing a, we're 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 listening and saying if people truly want to be together. How can we do that in a way that's not irresponsible or, so, or, or reckless or tone deaf? Even? So really it's an outside around our lit up Christmas tree, carol singing with blankets and toboggans and right. gloves and warmers in, our, in my boots. Uh, it's a carol sing. We'll have some fun. Yep. And in fact, my favorite thing that is going to happen at the Christmas Eve service Harrison came in a meeting where we were we really were sparking well we can't do this and we can't do this and then an idea came up and then another idea came up and pretty soon we were at this interactive element that we'll we'll probably do Christmas at our all of our Christmas Eve services that is something that would never happen in our normal indoor Christmas service it's not necessarily that it couldn't but it just wouldn't be the way we do it and I think it's going to be the most fun thing of yeah, the night. yeah, it, it's going to be really neat. And like you said, it's as you think about it, it's something we could have done in here, but it would have it probably would have been thing number ten on our list of yeah. what we would have ever gotten to. We would have done it. No. We would have had we would have had other you know big things. We would and it's have, a more down home kind of thing. Yeah, that we're going to be doing. And we're taking it as sort of a 
I like the word cozy, but the staff wouldn't let me put that in the title of it because it may be but cold. Yeah, it uh, might be. Here's another thing, Harrison. Here's what we agreed to. As you said, the risk is weather. And we were like, are we really going to commit ourselves to the 23rd and 24th having no idea what the weather is? And we agreed we'll just be flexible and our staff are going to keep our calendars open. And if it looks like it's going to rain or snow like crazy, twenty well, if it's going to snow, that'll be awesome. Yeah, that would be We're amazing. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but if, if it's going to rain, then we'll just do it a few days earlier in the week. It'll be pre 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 Christmas Eve. Uh, we're just going to be flexible because it's 2020. And we're we again we had to look at ourselves and and, and the way we're wired. Different churches are wired different ways. There's a lot of churches that we talk to that you talk to, Mike, as part of the EPC. I I would say we're probably we're probably skewed toward the uh, we plan things farther out and have have things a little more put together a little farther away. So for us as a team, yes, approaching a Christmas Eve and going like we could get to a week away and the days that we wanted to do it could be <laughs> torrential downpour. That's a little scary. That was also for a moment us. for us yeah. to go like, well. And I don't know if this is helpful to you all, but one of the limitations, back to our theme here, uh, in this pandemic is um, uh, if you plan too far ahead and then stick to the plan, it's going to be irrelevant mm-hmm. when you get to that moment. And so we actually... I liked how we did this, Harrison. I think in September, we scenarioed possible Christmas Eve options. And we picked out the three main ones, and we said, we're going to leave this. We're, somebody play out each of those ideas, mm-hmm. but we're not coming back to it until October, and we're going to identify the one or two. And then we specifically said, we are not deciding until early was it early or mid-november yeah yeah um mitch did that really well for us too as a huntersville staff team that was so helpful for us in our fall ministry season throughout the summer felt like every two weeks we'd kind of refigure out okay what are we doing in the building what are we doing on sundays what are we doing for this what are we doing for that and can i have this event or yeah mitch finally looked at it and said look uh, we're gonna we're gonna project out basically the uh, a very uh cautious conservative scenario we're going to build a game plan and we're not even going to talk about it for the next three months we're just going to do our do our work and say for better or worse this is what we're putting in place we're going to come back to it man that was that was very helpful for us too to not have to refigure it out every single day yes that's right for basic things so um to wrap up the christmas eve discussions with us another way we're just going to be flexible is we don't know how it's going to go and so even we're opening reservations earlier than normal. And so it, it would if if you're listening to this, you're kind of a all the way in Lake Forest person. Um, that's who this podcast is for, really. Um, it'll be helpful the sooner you can register because we're going to be responsive to that. If mm-hmm. if we need to add another day, add another service, uh, change some stuff up, we're going to be paying attention to that. So let's finish. What, one one other thing? thing real quick that's worth noting, just because we haven't said it. If you are if you are listening and Lake Forest person gotten to this point, um, we're going to super communicate this throughout December as well. But we hope that you hear in addition to that, the other major piece oh, of yeah. creativity is that yeah. we are putting together a completely separate, super well done uh, service for folks who are going to be attending online. That's 
that's different from what's happening outside. It has its own set of major strengths. We're not just, we're not um, mailing it in for the online experience either, yeah. which is part of what's been tricky for us in this also is Christmas Eve's already, yeah. for us, it takes a lot to get it to the finish line and we we're like well let's do uh let's completely double that we're gonna do two of them <laughs> yeah do two yeah, of them yeah so we're gonna have something that's geared just for those who for issues of safety health or practicality yep. will not be here in person for one of those the message will be the same pretty much everything else will be different uh so yes we th- thank you harrison that's super important we want to serve the and 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 we have a lot of people who worship from afar, so thanks for that. And there's no and there's no extra. We, as much as I would think, any church that we know, um, goodness, there's there's no no added um, pressure or any judgment of oh, well, you no. went to live, oh, you went to online. Like no. we we no. we we are so on board with everyone doing what's. Uh, best for them for their crew what they feel comfortable with and we're just we're here to to serve all options totally Mm -hmm. including with blue christmas next wednesday night i'm looking forward to that yeah it was meaningful to me personally last year so in conclusion you what what where are the limitations of the pandemic most stressing you out uh where are you most kicking against them uh, raging yep. or, or tempted to, to go turtle on that part of your life because of the limitations. And how might some of the examples we've talked about, how might you take that into a conversation, go for a walk with the Holy Spirit and talk over? Okay, these are the limitations. Dang it. Uh, and then, so how could I creatively move forward in this part of my life, Holy Spirit? And then if you talk it over with somebody who knows you or you love, i you know, the Holy Spirit's always moving, always has a fresh story, bringing streams in your desert and mine. And I'm thankful for that because he loves us. And moments like these are just, you look back on them later. And uh, if you approach it that way, you you really have an opportunity to let God grow some stuff in you where you look at it and say, man, I was holding on really tightly to that thing. And God used this to show me Maybe that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was, or that I could trust him more than I trusted in that. So, in the new year, to conclude, we'd love any suggestions you have. We're gonna we feel the need to uh, reevaluate and how can our online worship services orient even more purely to the eighty nine percent of people who are worshiping online, rather than feel like they're, they're looking on to something that is done for people in the room. How can we make that more truly online worship oriented and i don't mean just as a a a stock video but i mean to really help the personal engagement and lean in factor and worship factor of those worshiping from home we would love any and all suggestions good stuff all right guys we'll be back uh with you guys soon thanks for joining us again this week on the ask lfc podcast uh if you have anything you want to send our way we have an email address uh ask lfc at lakeforest.org Uh, We're checking that all the time. Send us your stuff. We'll catch you guys next time.